This is the Pro Hockey West Report, brought to you by Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson, Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, and Finlay Toyota in Las Vegas. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Find out how to go full Caesar. Visit Caesars.com for eligibility requirements. FedEx. Simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official shipping company of Ice Time Hockey West. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Visit us at jessieraysbarbecue.com. T-Mobile. Head to T-Mobile.com and see how you can lock in your rates forever. Jets Pizza, with six different crusts and countless toppings, lets your imagination go wild. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, well, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that may, you may be joining us today on this uh, beautiful Ah, what is it? Thursday morning. Boy, the weeks are flying by. Scott Strandy with you in Carlsbad, California, where the rain has finally ended. And we are moving forward with sunshine for at least the next four or five days before the next storm hits us. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh, joining me from that big, beautiful, vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, I'm way too chipper for somebody that didn't get back home until about 1 a.m. last night. Um, how are you? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have Steven here. Uh, let's try it again. Steven, see if you can hit one of my uh, call-in buttons so I can bring you on board. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I told you. I got home late last night. Um, and, uh, yeah. Okay, I think I got co host with me. Uh, Steven, I'm here. I'm sorry. I, was... I forgot to hit the button when I saw you call in. I was trying to call in there. And... <laughs> no I'm problem. Like, okay. Nice. I, guess, well, I guess he's going to do the show solo. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, I was just telling the, the listeners before uh, I decided to let you on board. Uh, that, and we're all very that, thankful for that. Yeah. want to hear from uh, me. Yeah, I said it was uh, a very late night. I arrived back home at uh, about 1 a.m. last night after watching a midweek game between uh, Ontario and Abbotsford. Um, it, I'll tell you right off the get-go, Stephen, it felt like playoff hockey. Uh, the teams battled. It was one nothing till the very end, of course. Um you know who uh, does the damage for Abbotsford, probably. Sheldon Dries uh, got the goal late and uh, sent it to overtime. It was a exciting overtime. Just nothing materialized out of it. And it went to a shootout. And, of course, uh, that ended in favor of Abbotsford. So uh, had a chance to visit with a few of the uh, disappointed um, Ontario rain last night. But... You know, when you look at this uh, the standings, and we've talked about it, it is tied up really uh, tight right now from start to finish. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's ever going to really break loose. I guess Coachella Valley's kind of pulled away a little bit now, five points up on Tucson uh, and uh, seven up on Colorado. But we know how fast that can happen. So let's jump in with the uh, standings. Why don't you give us a rundown of where everybody stands in the Pacific Division right now? Well, I mean, you mentioned that Coachella Valley leading the way with 66 points. They are the probably one of the hottest teams right now. They've are they've got a five point lead over Tucson, but that's 
because Tucson's played two fewer games. So, you know, that that could be a difference of four points, and that would put him right right there with him again. Uh, Colorado has continues theirs, and they're probably they're they're besides uh, Coachella Valley. I would say Colorado's the hottest team, um, the second hottest team in the division right now. And as a result of that, they've climbed all the way to third. They're at fifty nine points. Uh, with 48 games played, then Calgary at 58 points. This is where it gets kind of tight. 58 points for Calgary, uh, Abbotsford 55 points, uh, then Ontario in six with 52 points, Bakersfield 52 points, then Henderson uh, 50, 44 for San Diego, and 42 for San Jose. And it's important to Bakersfield right now hanging on to that seventh spot, which would be the final playoff positioning. Or uh, yeah, and then Ontario is at six, but Bakersfield and Ontario are tied, 52 points, but Bakersfield's still trying to catch up to everybody else in games played. Um, they're at 45 games. They're starting to get there, but there's still a few games to go before they, they've caught up in the games played category. So that's a potential for Bakersfield to, to even continue to make make the climb a little bit. Okay, so you, you brought it up, and we talked about this. Bakersfield had games in hand. They still do. If you look uh, how many games they have in hand with the team below them, Henderson, um, they got five more games to play to catch up to Henderson's pace, which is leading uh, games played in the Pacific Division. And then you look at uh, San Diego and San Jose, they're uh, playing better. Steven, uh, San Diego, for example, 5-3-2-0 uh, in their last 10, and uh, San Jose 5-4-1-0 uh, in their last 10. So not not slouching. Um and again, the top eight teams in the uh, conference or the division, I should say, are 500 or, or better in their win percentage. So, and even San Diego and San Jose, 478 and 429 respectively. That's not terrible hockey. No, no, not terrible hockey. And, and for San Diego, uh, they have been playing better, although they've lost their last three games. So that doesn't help them. But uh, you look at them, I mean, they've, they're trying to get a playoff spot, and it, it's it's going to be tough for them to do it, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, they they right now they are uh, they're eight points back, so it's it's going to be tough for them to, to climb out of that. And, you know, they're they're six points behind Henderson, and they do have a few games in hand, but Henderson is not in a playoff spot at the moment. And Henderson's kind of in a mo- mode where they're winning a game and losing a game, winning a game, losing a game. So you know, that's hard to kind of gain any momentum when you're winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one. But uh, And they've got a tough test this week, and they're going to be in Colorado to take on the Eagles as their home February, or their road, road February continues here, the final weekend of uh, February. They'll, you know, so, I mean, it's it's important games. And, and, and really, for a lot of these teams that are right on the cusp or, or towards the bottom part of the standings or maybe the bottom part that wants to get in the middle part, I mean, the playoffs don't officially start to April, but for some of these teams, it might it might be playoff time now. And you know they got to start putting some wins together uh, to try to. I mean Henderson is I mean, Ontario's been s- s- scuttering of late, so you know that that helps Henderson out, gives them a chance to be in a better position to to try to catch them. And and yeah, a team like San Diego. I mean it's and, and San Jose is going to be really tough. I I couldn't I don't see San Jose climbing all the way to get into a playoff spot, but. But the fact that uh, San Diego is only what a couple of games off the 500 pace, a couple of points off a 500 uh, pace, 
is not too bad. And, and they have a few games in hand as well. They've played only forty six games so far. So yeah, but I mean, but they do. But they, but, but the teams that, for playoff positioning wise, you got to look at those. And uh, you know, you look at with Henderson, but but you look at if you want a playoff position, right now you the team to to catch the minimum you're gonna need is fifty two points. Um, and then that's Bakersfield's got fifty forty five games played, and Ontario's forty eight games played. So yeah, they do have a couple of games on Ontario, so they could get within four. But uh, but Bakersfield right now, um, although Bakersfield's lost a few games recently, but they're still yeah uh, they they started off this this little stretch of building some of the games back and it looked really good, and then all of a sudden they kind of went into a slump again. So yeah, um, Patrick think- Williams, Patrick Williams has put out a good feature. On the Condors about their their stretch drive on the AHL website, and uh, so Patrick Williams does a great job covering the AHL. And, and I know you talked to him during the Calder Cup Finals uh, uh, last year. He's the year. best. He's yeah. the best. Yeah, and he works really. Hard. He, he's got a good pulse. So he put some stuff out about the Condors, and just a couple of things from you kind of learn from it is uh, you know you talk about the talks about the early struggles, and it talks about the the run they've been on now. But you know, right now you look at. Uh, they're without um, they're without some of the regulars right now, so this might contribute to why maybe they've kind of had a little bit of a struggle recently. I mean, they they're without uh, Brad Malone right now. They don't have uh, they don't have Philip Broberg, uh, Marcus uh, Niamelin, um, also Jaden Grube, James Hamblin, um, Matif Petrov. All those guys, uh, I guess, are not available right now for the uh, Condors. So that that. That can that might hurt them as they try to make this uh, this push and and see where their their streak can can go. But um, you know they're gonna. I think they're gonna have. What was that? I saw another thing here from this. They're gonna have twenty. They're gonna have sixteen games in the month of March. Because there's only like what thirty days in the month of March, so that means it's basically gonna be a game every other day, uh, which is crazy for an AHL schedule. I mean, even for an AHL schedule, that's crazy. Uh, Twenty-seven games over a total of the last fifty-eight days. Of the regular season, so um, that's, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy for an NHL schedule if you think about. It. I mean, you see it in the NHL because it's a lot of times it's every other day you play every third day, but but for an NHL schedule because a lot of times you're playing a Wednesday, a Friday, and a Saturday, or maybe a Tuesday, you know, or or just a weekend. But but we know how light the Bakersfield schedule's been to this point, so you knew the the back end of that it was going to get really busy, and and it's it's going to be be that way. So we'll we'll see what we'll see what that means, you know. The, you know, when you're that, when you're playing that many games, um, yes, they're young, and yes, they, you know, they, they should be able to handle it. But um, we'll see. We'll see how that's that's going to be a big factor as you go down into March here. How how Bakersfield handles this this really busy stretch coming up. Okay, so let me give you a little breakdown of the game I was at last night, and um, I think it's important uh, this time of year to, to kind of keep track with, of as many teams in the Pacific as we can. We try to do that anyway, but getting a chance to see Ontario and Abbotsford. I thought Ontario, uh, a couple of observations. Number one is that the goal that that they gave up was within about two minutes left in the game, and it just trickled across the line. It was a, a net front battle, and it just slipped past uh, goaltender Eric Portillo. Yeah, it scored with seven, at, at seventeen fifty of the third, so that would have been with two ten left. Yes, and uh, that's what got them the tie. Um, but when you look at the, the kind of game summary, it was a 2-1 final in a shootout. Abbotsford ended up with 30 shots on net, 26 for the rain. The power plays. Abbotsford 0 for 6. 
the rain 0 for 4. You're going to hear from uh, Marco Sturm in just a few minutes. And he wasn't very happy with the fact that uh, his guys um, went to uh, the penalty box an awful lot. You'll hear about it. Um, he used a word that a lot of coaches don't use unless they're, they're trying to motivate their team. So I'll let you figure out what it is in just a minute. Um, so Abbotsford comes away with a win. Uh, it was important for Ontario to get a point, I think. Uh, you don't want to go pointless at this point. So Sheldon Dries gets the equalizer. Linus Carlson scores the uh, fourth-round shootout victory goal. And, uh, it, you know, in a 2-1 game, you can say a lot of team, a lot of guys play pretty solid. But, boy, Eric Pizzola was, was about as good as it gets. And you'll hear from, uh, from Coach Sturm on that, too. So without any further ado, let's jump in and hear from uh, two players, one coach from the uh, – Ontario rain. It's always hard. You know me. I don't like going to the locker room when they lose, but, um, you know, sometimes you got to do it. And I was there and I thought it was an important asset to, uh, to hear. So here we go. Here's uh, Joe Hicketts. Play the way you wanted to in the beginning of the game. Um, how'd you feel it kind of turned out there at the end? Yeah, I thought in the first we were, uh, we were connected. We were together. We were following the puck. We were supporting each other and, and we were generating chances. Obviously, a couple of posts there in the first that to capitalize on and you know the five one three but we started taking penalties in the second kind of got away i don't know if they got frustrated or what but we started kind of spreading out too much and got away from that connected style of play that you know, led us to success so i think it's just a learning opportunity for us we're in a bit of a slide here and if we learn that you know you just gotta you know keep your nose down and keep doing the same thing over and over and over again it's gonna it's gonna work out in the long run but I think a game like that is a step in the right direction, um, holding them to one. Obviously, you know, it'd be nice to win that one nothing, but, uh, you know, it's hockey. There's bounces. we got to bounce on, on our goal, and they got to bounce on their goal. A couple posts either way, but definitely a step in the right direction. Late in the game, when it was 1-1 after they had tied it, uh, Drys had a chance. You kind of dove in to block it. What did you see on that play? How big was that? Just kind of reading that, and he's a pretty good shooter there. Yeah, uh, obviously right off a four on three, maybe a high flip or something came out. And Jerry Oddman watched it kind of, you know, I'm not used to being on third guy back kind of. So just saw a couple eight guys coming in, and at that point you're just trying to sell out and, you know, try and help the team win. And got fortunate that it hit my skate and went up in the air and we were able to take care of it. In a game, uh, you know, like tonight where the power play doesn't come through, they've had a lot of possession and the penalty kill goes six for six. How important is that? been for you guys this season um, and, you know, I know that you've obviously been able to, to, to watch the team quite a bit on the penalty kill count. What were your takeaways tonight when, when down a man? Well, we started out a little more aggressive. I think we sat back at the end and even on their I mean it was 4-4 four four, but the goal was both so you got to play like a penalty kill but going, you know, special teams is important at all times of the year but this is kind of the stretch run. This is, you know, a push for a playoffs so. Uh, special teams are usually what win games in, in the playoffs, and we got to get that playoff mindset now. We are, we've taken ourselves out of you know, maybe contention for first spot, but now we're in a race, you know, just to stay alive and stay in it. So uh, if we can keep the, the special teams like they were. I know we didn't score a power play, but we had a lot of chances, and at some point they are going to win. We got enough good players on the ice that uh, we'll take care of For you, these last couple of games back, you know. You, kind of racked up the assists these last two games. But, you know, now that you've been back playing in a couple of different situations, you know, where, where do you feel like your game is at after all that time off? 
Yeah, it's coming. Uh, I knew coming back it wasn't going to be. You know, I was kind of off on a train going 45 miles an hour there. I had to, you know, run onto it. But it's coming. I, I knew it was going to take three or four games. I felt, you know, it's going to be better every game. Uh, obviously, last week I played the back-to-back. It kind of a bite on me that second game. But today I felt good. I was, you know, I thought reads were a little more cleaner, a little crisper. Um, and, yeah, just, just get back into the mode of back into practice, you know, perfecting those little details that it takes um, that's uh, Joe Hicketts explaining uh, his thoughts on what happened last night in Ontario. Uh, Stephen, I don't know if you caught the little reference there, but he said getting back up to speed after being out for a long time with an injury, um, it was kind of like trying to catch a train, hence the rain, uh, going about 45 miles an hour and needing to jump on while it's moving that fast. Oh, like the rain train, like they, they say all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you catch that? I, I didn't. It was, that was I was trying nice to little, I was, nice little analogy that he threw in there that I don't think he meant to throw in there. But I was trying not anyway. to get thrown off by all the background noise that was in there. <laughs> yeah, this was the media scrum, so that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to Eric Patil and get his like thoughts. Just kind of staying focused and obviously uh, very close to, to keeping them off the board the entire time. Yeah, no, I think uh, we played really well the entire game. Uh, I think. Uh, we, we played, we deserved to win, but uh, I mean, it's uh, it's about executing in the end, and we couldn't find a way, so uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. How do you look back at a game like this where, you know, one goal in regulation that gets you only gets maybe an inch over the goal line? How do you look back at your game in, in a tight game? Uh, I mean, I think uh, we do the same thing every day, uh, every game. We stick to the process and just look at the structure, look at... Um, the things we were working on and, and uh, take that with us. I mean, there's nothing more we can do. When you uh, talk about the Pacific Division and you realize how tight it is, uh, does it feel like playoff hockey already? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's been uh, very tight the entire year. Like, uh, it's, uh, I mean, you see the standing, it's, it's so tight. So every game is, uh, is really important. And I think yeah, people have realized that, uh, especially here after the break. So, um, yeah, it's just keep playing. Your thoughts on the shootout, um, your intensity on it, what, uh, what did you see from their shooters? No, I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's a skills competition and they uh, found a way to win today. And, you know, uh, it sucks, but just got to keep working on it. Thank you. Short but sweet from Eric Portillo. <laughs> it's a skills competition. Um, it kind of sucks, but they found a way to get it done, and we didn't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shootouts really can go either way. Um, of course, you can say that about games, but I mean, it just you just don't know. Um, you just don't know where. Where you're thinking of? Um, by the way, when you when I when you say Portillo, isn't there like a? I just googled it. Isn't there like a? Isn't that a name of a like a, a restaurant or? Yeah, a, a really good <laughs> hot dog, Chicago hot dog shop. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Portillo's one of America's favorite Italian beef burger <laughs> salad, Chicago style hot dogs. As it's eight o'clock in the mornings where we're doing this and we're talking about food. Exactly, but uh, <laughs> but Eric no, yeah, but yeah, I mean, shootouts could go star as well. Yeah, shootouts could go either way. I mean, it's. You know, when you get to that point in the game, yeah, it's it's basically a skills competition at that point. And, and you know, I mean, Ontario, obviously, you want to win it in regulation. And, 
they didn't. And then, of course, you don't win it in regulation. You give up the goal. And then the other objective after that is to try to win it in overtime. Well, they they couldn't do that. So it had to go to a shootout. And unfortunately, they uh, Abbotsford got it. And so they got the extra point. But uh, And what I'll say, Stephen, about the overtime, it was a defensive overtime. I mean, nobody was getting any two-on-ones. And that's what you try to do is separate and get a two-on-one somewhere on the ice. But <clears throat> the guys that were thrown out there in the five-minute uh, three-on-three overtime just didn't let anybody get loose. So and, were, they being, uh, were they being, like, just kind of holding back, or was it just the defense was so strong that it wasn't really the allowing The defense them? on both sides was so strong. I mean, guys just weren't letting go of their, their, their opposite player, if that makes any sense. Everywhere they went, somebody was covered. And normally you can find, and that's what your goal is on a three-on-three, is to try to create two-on-one somewhere on the ice and that just didn't happen last night for either team so you could see it was destined for a shootout i was standing next to the great photographer mike zytek and he was going like god don't they realize it's a wednesday night you can't go to a shootout on a wednesday night but they did uh Abbotsford wins it um linus carlson gets the uh the fourth round shootout goal um to seal it for them let's hear from marco sturm because you'll hear optimism disappointment frustration all kinds of emotions from marco sturm and again this is during uh, the media scrum so i want to thank jared shafferin and uh, josh schaefer for uh, allowing me to jump in on the scrum and get some questions asked here we go then the penalties kind of took it away from you and you're trying to get it back but it never really got all the way back to us yeah that's right that's yeah you're bang on uh, we had a good start we had a good first period uh, because of it uh, Created some power plays and created a lot of momentum, and and it uh, yeah, just shifted after after the first, and, uh, and we didn't really find our uh, game after that. Defensively, didn't allow too many chances, so I'm sure that's a, a positive you can take away as guys were were defending and doing the right things. Yeah, but be you know, it was enough one nothing game. We could have won that game yesterday, but we were due for for a while. Just can't play like that. And, uh, you know, everyone got to understand, and also have to understand the role, what they have in, in, on this team. And, and right now, they've been, uh, you know, some of them are very selfish. And, you know, you can only win it as a team, especially if you if you lose a few in a row. Uh, you know, as long as they don't get that part, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. You know, you've remarked to us a couple of times that during this stretch, a lot of times you guys were playing in the right way and the way that you want to play. It seems like the team's kind of found ways to lose. Did tonight feel like that right at the end, or did it feel different? Probably not. But it, again, it already started for no reason in the second period. And uh, we gave that totally game and went with, again, with, uh, with really stupid companies. And, uh, Killing it, you know, we get those guys tired. Of it. And, uh, but again, yeah, we didn't deserve to win, basically. And uh, as long as we don't figure out that part, it's again, it's going to be hard. Obviously, you don't want to um, come up empty on the power play, but tonight seemed like you guys had a lot of chance and a lot of puck movement. What was your take on the advantage tonight? Was funny. Yeah, no, they, they, they were moving it. It was just a weird rhythm. Uh, Should have scored on the five on three. Uh, that was, for me, that was something we. 
truest word on him, but other than that, uh, you know, it was definitely not their fault today. Uh, you know, there are nights we need the power play, but today, you know, they gave us everything they had, and unfortunately, uh, Penalty kill, though, had to step up because uh, of, of how many penalties. It seemed like they were, everybody was in their role and, and doing a good job on it. Yeah, we uh, uh, worked on it for the last few days here. And, uh, guys did a good job. And, uh, yeah, no, it, it, and, uh, again, uh, today we don't talk about special teams. And, uh, we talk about five on five and, uh, again, the mistakes we made. And the guys were, I don't know, very tight again. Coach, when you uh, talk about the play of Eric, um, he was pretty good all the way through. Um, gives up that one that just kind of trickles in. What were your thoughts on him game game long? Um, no, he was good. He was really good. He gave us uh, a chance to win today. Um, you know, he was, was very solid. Um, fortunately, he came up short on the shootout again. But, um, you know, he was the reason why why it was one nothing for such a long time. So uh, I give him credit. When you look at the standings in the Pacific Division, it's really tight. What's it going to take to get on a little bit of a roll that might boost you six, eight points and move you up to a four, three spot? Maybe win some hockey games, right? <laughs> that would help. Um, again, we're not looking at that. Uh, I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at uh, game by game and try to get this team together and get on a roll again. Uh, you know, the frustrating part is that we have some moments uh, every game. We've been really good, and then we go the totally opposite. So we're not consistent enough. Players are not consistent enough, and uh, that's the frustrating part. What does it say about this division, as tight as it is? Um, do you enjoy playing games that are that tight all season long? Yeah, no, it's, it does matter. Uh, but, yeah, the other division got, a, I thought, much better than compared to last year. Uh, you know, every other team got better. Can see it. You can see it in the standings. So uh, you know, there's no weak teams anymore, and that's why every every point is important. So the good thing is we got a point today, but uh, but uh, we just have to figure out how we play better. Thanks, coach. Obviously. So there you go, Marco Sturm. <clears throat> and again, I apologize for the background noise. Uh, AHL facilities uh, vary from spot to spot. It's not like I'm in Coachella where I'm sitting in a. Uh, a press conference room. This one is done outside in the hallway and teams are moving around and going from one spot to the other and getting ready to go to the next place or uh, next destination, if you will. So your thoughts on Marco Sturm and his comments? Well, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to what he, you know, you asked him about, is it, uh, what do you got to do to try to get to fourth or fifth place and he knew he said win some games yeah that'd be that'd be a good start <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to talk about stringing the, anything together at this point he wanted yeah, to they, talk about winning one game well they gotta win one game yeah they haven't won too many games lately if you look at the last 10 games stretch right now they're two six oh and two right now so they uh so they'd like to win one and then if you win one then you worry about winning a second one in a row and second third one in a row but they have to get win win a game before they can worry about getting a little stuck going okay did you happen to hear the s word that he threw out there which uh, uh coaches don't throw out lightly especially in professional hockey the four-letter s word no oh he said oh. the word selfish 
Oh, oh, okay. He said <laughs> some of, I, was, some I don't of, remember him saying <laughs> a bad a bad word. I thought it was a good. No, <laughs> no, no, but but hockey coaches don't like to use that word unless they're really trying to make a point because um, it, it it's kind of an embarrassing, implied embarrassing thing to his players that. He didn't call it a beer league game like Bruce Cassidy did after a game this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that would work too. Uh, but he said he thought some of his players were selfish, especially in the second period where they took away from the team effort and started trying to. And sometimes guys do that inadvertently. Well, players They're don't just like trying to, be, to do too much. They don't like to be called selfish. <laughs> no, that's the last thing they want to be called. Um, but but he let him know that he wasn't particularly happy with that. Uh, frustration from the power play. They had uh, chances, 0 for 4. Uh, really frustrated with the number of penalties they took, especially in the second period. It was a, a different start to the second period, Stephen, because two minutes into it, they had a problem with the door on the penalty box, and there was probably a five, six-minute delay while they got that fixed. And the guys had just gotten into, quote-unquote, game speed, and then it came to a screeching halt until they were trying to stay loose. And... I think that momentum that they carried over into the second disappeared after that little, um, the, you know. And there seems to be there always seems to be some sort of delays at uh, Toyota Arena. I think the couple times I've listened to Henderson games when they play, it always seems that there has to be a little bit of a delay to fix a, a pane of glass or this and that. So I don't. I don't and and I don't know that if it's any different than anywhere else, but yeah. it is a frustrating scenario. It's a beautiful building. Yeah, um, and the guys there do a great job, but it that well, you know, and a lot, and a lot of these buildings too, they get used, they're used for so many different events and stuff, so they have to go quickly get, change from one event to to another. So it's you know they go from a hockey concert, whatever they, you know, so sometimes it's 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 tough because they have to do they have to do it so fast. Sometimes the next night is something different. So, um, but yeah, I've never been inside Toyota Arena, so I, I mean I, I've I've been by it. When I beautiful building. Beautiful building, and it, uh, like I said, it's uh, it, it's used though for, like you said, concerts and everything else. So it's not just the home of the rain train, as I'm finding out. Um, but anyway, um, so that being said, and part of the reason I wanted to go there and see see these two teams play because they're kind of in the middle of the road. I wanted to see with my own eyes where the middle of the road was in comparison to Coachella Valley, and. Um, Coach Sturm used another word that I picked up on, consistency. He said, you know, in games, in a series of games, you know, we play good, but for some reason it doesn't uh, it doesn't materialize into um, getting the wins, getting, uh, you know, getting consistency. And, uh, boy, that's the key when you're playing as many games as they play in the NHL and AHL, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you have to be you have to be uh, con- consistent there, and you have to you have to. Uh, I mean, we see. I mean, you go on a little bit of a, especially in a division like this where it's so it's so close, and if you're not consistent, you're gonna pay for it. And you know, look at the teams right now that that are not consistent. Uh, Ontario, uh, Henderson's, you know, three five. I mean, and then even the Calgary, you know, they're. Four, three, and one, and two. I mean, they're, I mean, they're a little bit more consistent, but not as as consistent. I mean, lately they've, you know, they've won a few games in a row, but they've they've dropped to fourth. And Ontario's was up, but towards the almost towards the top of the division at one point. Now they're hanging on, trying to get a playoff spot. Uh, you know, Anderson's same kind of thing. They've kind of 
they're just kind of 500 the last one, and, and they're struggling for a playoff spot. So, and you look at the teams that are consistent right now, uh, Coachella Valley, Colorado's been playing more more consistently, and and and, and, and even if even if you lose a game or two, um, you know during that time, I mean even even consistent play, you you might still lose a game or two, but you're seeing stuff from your team that. You know, you're you're playing well. And maybe it's just something that on the other team did, or the other team was just better that night. But you know, you guys are are playing, playing consistently over a period of time, and and uh, you know, you see the teams right now that are towards the top of the division. Uh, they're they're the ones that are being being consistent. Even Bakersfield right now. I mean, they've had to make the climb, but they're only five and five in their last ten, so they're just kind of went. You know, they they're they're consistently five hundred if you want to look at it that way, but. Uh, well, and you know, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, that's why um, standings, especially in the AHL, list the past 10 games because that tells you, if you break it down, there's probably only six, 10 games, seven, 10 game stretches. Well, um, and Bruce Cassidy here in Vegas, he kind of, he, he, he said this several times throughout the, they kind of look at it, the, the seasons in like these, these 10 game segments, like, okay, yes. how are we doing this 10 game straight? Then, okay, this is another, you know, the, and the NHL schedules 81 games. So you look at, okay, there's like 10, 80 game stretches. And then there's like one, but you know, so they kind of look at it games like in, in 10 in games of packs of 10. And so you can kind of do that at the AHL level too, and kind of see where you are. Yeah. At, yeah. And stretches like that. You, you kind of can get a trend of how a team, maybe is at that point uh, as you look at 10 game stretches. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at the uh, American hockey league, Pacific division, Coachella seven, one, one, and one. Um, and you look at Tucson six, three, one, and Oh, and then as you mentioned, Colorado on a three game winning streak and they're eight, two, Oh, and Oh. And I, I do want to throw this out because I, I did see Colorado and Coachella Valley last uh, Saturday, I guess it was. Uh, in Coachella, and uh, Colorado has really picked it up. They uh, they have really figured it out. I, I commented to um, uh, Coach Dan Bilesma about that. I said it looks like your uh, like this Colorado team is different. He didn't think they were that much different, but I thought they were. I thought the lineup was different. I thought the style of play was a bit different. But uh, Colorado is a team that's uh, trending upward and in the number three spot and. Um, Calgary, Abbotsford, they're kind of just, you know, hanging in there, treading water. It uh, doesn't look like either one of them is going to be able to make a serious run towards the top two spots. And again, we talked about the playoffs. Um, they're getting closer, and uh, the closer we get to them, the more that positioning means something, right? Yeah, yeah, no no question. But yeah, the, the Eagles, and I was trying to find what their, uh, their schedule is coming up here, but, um, you know, with the Eagles – I think part of that is their their goaltender has really settled in. It's a good time to bring this up. Their their yes. goaltender uh, Ivan Prospetov uh, was named the uh, the AHL Player of the Week, so he got that that honor and um, and so that you know he's he's been kind of settling in, and that's that's helped why the Eagles have have kind of made the the, the climb that they have they've been. But they also have a lot of talented players too. And I think they're just they're finally starting to get it together and realize during the stretch run of the regular season and what they have in front of them and what they want to try to uh, accomplish and, and knowing that they want to try to get one of those, those top spots, because again, we want to remind people the, the playoff format for the, uh, the, the division, at least the first round, uh, the, the top seat, the top team 
There's seven teams out of ten that'll get in, uh, and they do that so more teams have an opportunity to have and players more have more opportunity to play like really, you know, because it's still a, it's it's a developmental league too, so it gives more teams an opportunity to have their players play in like meaningful playoff games, but it helps them in their development. So um, it it helps to have more teams in and. and and also people look at that and say, well, over everybody gets, well, not quite seven out of 10, but, uh, but the format is the, the top team uh, in the division will get a buy. They won't play those, that first round best of three series. And then the two through seven matchups, it's a best of three, um, you know, and, and for the most part, although it, I think in some cases there is travel, for the most part, it stays in one city of the team that had the better record of the two. So, um, so you want to be if, if that's the case, you want to be in that top. Or you want to be in that. Well, you want to be the one, so you don't even have to do that. You go right to the the I guess the second round, uh, best of five series, and then and then you got two. You want to be two, three, and four because then you you would host the the best of three. Um, so I think actually in all cases it's it's on one spot because it'd be too much to have to travel back and forth if it goes three games. So I I think if you, maybe if it's two California teams and it's like a cup an hour or so away, they might. They might pull it off for some of the other divisions where it's where the travel is is, is pretty easy, but uh, but still for the most part it's in one spot. So uh, so yeah, you want to be the two, three, four spot if you want one of those top. If you want to host the the first round games. Um, so that that's all that's all important. So I mean it's it's uh, it can it can make a difference. So if, if you want to win that first round, so um, you know, yeah. and you know what's strange to me with uh, you know. I see Abbotsford's position kind of because Vancouver's played just unbelievably well uh, at the NHL level. So Abbotsford really um, it's kind of in a different situation that they haven't been in in the past where they haven't had to shuffle guys and they're, they're really trying to build. And they, they have a very good team. Uh, I just don't know if they've got enough quote-unquote stars, especially with our ship. Um, yeah, Baines he, he made his NHL debut the, the other day, the other night. Yeah. That's, yeah, with him being called up, I think they they lost a guy that can finish. Sheldon Dry certainly can do it. Linus uh, Carlson can definitely do it, but I just don't know that they've they've got all of the pieces. And uh, you look at Coachella Valley, and you look at what Tucson and Colorado have done. Those three teams, they have consistent pieces. Not only goal scorers, but good goaltending solid defense. I mean, everything that you need to win championships seems to be in place on the top three teams. Calgary, Abbotsford, Ontario, Bakersfield, even Henderson's, uh, San Diego, San Jose, they're all still trying to find this uh, team identity, I think. And uh, when you don't, and in Henderson's, well, well, case, it, it, Henderson's case, it's because guys have been it, up and down so yes, much. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> if you hadn't mentioned I was going to bring that up. What's their idea? Because it's it's been a revolving door the whole the whole season seems, and right now they have some guys that are that are injured. Uh, Dyson Mayo is is suspended for a couple of games coming up here because of the of something he did in the game on Sunday against Coachella Valley, um, you know, and and yeah, they have some calls right now. I mean, Gary Denisenko's back up with the Golden Knights. Mark Stone got hurt the other night and is going to be out a while. So, there, you know, that that means another guy's going to have to step up from Henderson. So, you know, he, he's going to – somebody's going to have to come up and, and fill that. And, and, of course, Mason Morelli's up there, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but, you know, having his debut and stuff. So, I mean, it's it's been a revolving door. And, and between that and then there's been players in and out with injury, it's, it's been tough for Henderson to kind of – yeah, what is their idea? Because when they have their full guys – yeah, maybe they can be like what they were early in the season when they were doing pretty good. But, you know, because it's been 
on a night and night basis, you don't know who's going to be in the in the lineup, and that they've had to call players up from from some, some the ECHL, the, the the Savannah Ghost Pirates. So it's uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, when there's been a lot of that, it's you know, but it's been the Golden Knights MO the last couple of years, and so I think that's why he kind of seen Henderson kind of have these these struggles, and even though Ryan Craig's new at the helm, it's kind of the same same sort of thing with. Um, I mean, they're in a better position than they were this time last season, but which is which is a credit to that they've been able to kind of withstand the what they've been able to withstand and still be able to be in a position where they can they can get into the playoffs. Still, if they can, if they can even right at this point in the season, if they can really turn it on now, uh, going into March, uh, you know, with some other teams that are kind of scuffling, then maybe they can take advantage and and get us get into the the playoff mix. Um, but yeah, it's it's been tough for Henderson for sure. But uh, you know that you know there's no excuse. I mean, there's circum there's no excuses. I mean, they, they, you want to win, but but it's just the nature of the of the AHL and and what you have. And you know some of these other teams that have more that they, they've been together, they haven't had as much disruption in their in their roster with call ups and and and, and injuries. Uh, well, and behind. and I think I think the point you're making. Um, and maybe I can uh, make it as well, is that uh, there's different ways of consistency, right? Um, There's different ways of building teams. And sometimes, a lot of times, the AHL franchises can be influenced by uh, the play of their NHL teams or the injuries of their NHL teams. And uh, that consistency doesn't develop because they're not together long enough. Uh, Other times, it's got to do with the right mix of players. We talked about this last week. Um, there's a tremendous um, teaching and growing experience in the American Hockey League because you're taking guys, some that are very new, very young to professional hockey. You're taking guys that have made their name in professional hockey and are still there and mainstays. Um, and I'm going to refer to one right now in uh, Max uh, McCormick, who played his 500th AHL game and uh, scored his 24th goal of the season last night, he's a mainstay, right? I think he kind of knows I'm going to be in the AHL. I'm not probably going to get many opportunities anymore to get to the NHL. And he's bought in, and he's leading that way, making the guys on that roster think that this is the be-all, end-all, all right? This is your NHL at the moment, whether you get to move on or not. So I think that's uh, very positive. I want to get to this Mason Morelli thing because, as you know, um, and he hasn't even acknowledged yet that I taught him everything he knows at 10 years old. But he'll do it. He'll do it at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah I, didn't, I didn't hear that in any of the interviews. He yeah, was doing he didn't refer back to, the, to no. his uh, assistant coach in sport hockey in Minot, North Dakota. But, but we've, heard a lot, we've heard a lot about we've heard a lot of mentions <laughs> of Minot, North Dakota in the last few days, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Which was funny. Yeah. Zach, Zach Whitecloud was asked about that. And uh, he, he was asked about uh, about uh, my, you know, and, and Mike says, "Well, it's basically, it's basically Manitoba, you know, you know." So let's, let's go with all, go with Imagine all the, White Claw saying that. <laughs> I with all somebody the, was going to ask with White all the Claude. Winnipeg people that are Manitoba people that are that are around the Golden Knights and stuff. So. <laughs> well, do you know Minot is uh, roughly forty to sixty miles from the Canadian border? It is uh, right. very far north in the center of North Dakota. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it basically is Manitoba, but I, I would have laughed if somebody had asked White Cloud if he knew where Minot was, because of course he grew up not, not far from there as well. Um, uh, <laughs> that 
he kind of chuckled at me at the Winter Classic when I asked him about Bemidji State, uh, where he went and played his college days, and uh, he still got some fond memories of the time back there. But anyway, let's get back to Mason Morelli, who was called up. Uh, I told you earlier in the year, I go, like, when are they going to call this kid up? I mean, he's done everything you could ask him to do. They signed him to a two-way contract, an NHL contract in the in the offseason. First time that he's he's had an NHL contract. Yeah, yep. And he was thrilled to be in Vegas and be a part of the Golden Knights organization. Um, I, I don't know if it's on the record or off the record, but I heard him say last year during the, uh, the rush that um, he really admired uh, – during the Calder Cup rush, I should say, he uh, playoffs, finals, whatever. <laughs> he said that he really admired uh, things in Vegas and the way that they ran the organization. And it was kind of uh, foreshadowing that he might sign there. So he gets his call up. They're on the road, President's Day, middle of the day in San Jose. Tell us what you saw from Mason Morelli that day. Well, I think you're deep. His debut went about as as good as it can be. I mean, you know, he was able to have family there. It, they were able to get to they were able to get to San Jose. Imagine that find get find your way to San Jose. They were able to get to. And, San and Jose. by the way, the weather on Monday in San Jose was not good. <laughs> That's what I heard. Yeah, I saw. I saw it was been it was rainy up up in the that area almost the whole weekend. So, uh, yeah, I mean it's. That's the nature of it. You know, luckily the game's indoors, but but I'm sure that affected the, the crowd there. But yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, his, he had a goal and an assist in, in his debut. And uh, I think that he had a goal. I think he got the, what would I say, he got the third goal kind of towards the end of the, the first period. And then he added an assist on uh, later on, I think on the, on the, on the other goal. But, but yeah, I mean, he, he and the players, you know, I think it, it really could be kind of a neat thing for the players too, that, uh, whether they've been in the league a while or some of the younger players, and when somebody has their debut and has has a success like they he has, because um, it kind of rejuvenates the players and reminds them of maybe when they were first coming up into the league and and uh, and and getting their first goal and and having that those moments. But uh, but yeah, for him, I mean, to have his have a lot of his family there and some, some people there to support him, and then have a goal and assist in your debut is is pretty good no matter who who is against i mean for him it's his his first regular season nhl game his first career nhl game and to have a goal and assist in that is is something uh is great and and to have that you know in your in your debut is is awesome and something that he he won't uh forget and and players a lot of players don't ever ever forget that you know yes players all these years i remember asking morelli when players were getting the first AHL goal, if, if you know if these players will remember that, if they if he still remembers his, and he does, so now you know, yeah, he'll remember his first uh, NHL experience. But I, I thought it was cool. He did some interviews and stuff, and I was listening to and uh, Dan Du, who does the Golden Knights uh, broadcast here, he t- talked to him before the their, the broadcasts on uh, the President's Day, and and talking about how he he heard that he was going to be called up, and um, he shared how. It got chaotic, he said. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he, he got uh, the they got in Ryan Craig. He got the team together and said that he was going to be, be that he was going to be going up, and uh, and so he had the team around him, and he's really come to like the, the the group in Henderson, and so they were obviously happy for him and and, uh, and thankful for that, and so he's then he got to go up to 
to be to be up there. So it's 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 a neat thing, and and you know, there's you're always happy to see a guy get an opportunity, but there's just some guys that you like is a really nice guy, and Mason Morello is one of those guys that he he's a really he's a he's a nice person to talk to. Um, he's a, he's a he's a good person. He's he's very caring of the team that he's on and the players that he's around, and and those are the kind of guys you 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 kind of hope get up get their opportunities and, and for, for him finally gets his opportunity but you know he, he was undrafted and you know he and, and also too and you'll appreciate this because you, you're you're so deep into the ncaa coverage he's a great ambassador for college hockey he, he takes so oh, much yeah. of his experiences from, <laughs> from playing and uh he even yes, said he that does. too he said he you like he could compare it with you know teams and not knocking people that like junior people, players that go through juniors and stuff, but he, he said he wouldn't trade his uh, his NCAA ex- experience in the time that he had at uh, Nebraska Omaha, and and so he he's a he's a good ambassador for uh, and a good example of, Let, of the good that can and, come from playing NCAA hockey. And I know a lot of players do this. Like a lot of teams uh, implement it, and and the players, especially in the American Hockey League, uh, embrace it. But uh, if you've ever watched uh, some clips from. Um, what Henderson does as far as their promotional um, team, their media team. Um, Mason Morelli is always the first one joking around with the, uh, with the youngsters. If they have a team that's on the bench, he's over there, um, you know, shaking hands and giving them pucks and uh, occasionally giving a stick here and there. So yeah, he's a, he's a great ambassador for the game. And I think a lot of that, if, if you grow up in Minot, North Dakota, you'd understand because uh, it's um, that's the climate there. I mean, that's how you grow up. Anyway, let's take yeah, a quick break. Let's come back and let's wrap up uh, uh, things. Talk a little NHL stuff in about two minutes. Yeah, and and, and before you do that, uh, the, the other thing too is that he, with Durant and Henderson, you, a lot of nights they would pick him to 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 do the post game or to do to do preempt because he's just. The, the the personality that he has and just even even professionalism after, professionalism even after a, a, a tough loss or something he's he's he always has, has good insight and and uh, and good good comments and stuff so I think uh, you know the, the guys in Henderson uh, always seem to, to to lean on him plus he has a lot of good games and so when, when you have a good game and stuff uh, that leads to talking more post game or, or, or before a game and so um, so yeah so that's that just shows you the character of, of him. So it's 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 it, I'm, okay. You're always happy about players making their debut, but for him to, to get this opportunity, uh, you're really uh, you're really happy for him. And and you know he and, and like you said, he took the most of it, made the most of it. Yeah, and so he's still up, uh, and he's still up there. And when when we'll see, he's we'll not see coming how, back. He didn't want to come back to Henderson. We'll see how, <laughs> how how many games he's up there for. I mean, they're, uh, well, because before we take, we'll finish this the point on this. So they have one game uh, tonight uh, against Toronto, and then they're going to go out on a, a five-game East Coast trip. So I, I would, so you want to have some extra guys. Too. Plus, as I mentioned, Mark Stone got injured in the last game, and it sounds like he's going to be out a while, whatever that that entails. So he's it's possible that if he could, if he continues to to, to impress the coaches, that he could be there for several games. Uh, certainly, probably through their East Coast trip. Because you know, once you, you want to take guys, you want to send them on the east coast. You know, you're gonna be on the east coast. It'd be hard to kind of, okay, send one guy back and send another guy up and make have to make that travel. Um, you know, so 
Yeah, I, I, I think he's in a good spot. I think he'll be there for at least a couple of weeks uh, through through this little stretch here, um, for him to have an opportunity to, to to have this opportunity to really grow grow at that level. Okay, let's uh, let's take the break and promote a little Henderson slash Vegas uh, slash NCAA. Here we go. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Ray's Barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our Best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. ITHSW Podcasts, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. Indeed it is, the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Scrandy with you today from uh, Carlsbad. California. I haven't even ventured out yet, uh, but I do think the sun is shining finally. Uh, the rain was a mess the last couple of days, but we got through it again, and uh, eventually it's going to turn to spring and summer, and things are going to get much better here in Southern California. But well, remember, they, uh, they, we'll be the, the groundhog saw the groundhog <laughs> predicted an early spring, so it should be coming. Soon. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> My co-host is always Stephen Mars joining me from Vegas, uh, and. Uh, Stephen, we talked a little bit about what's going on in the AHL. Let's uh, sneak in about six minutes worth of NHL talk because you're very close to the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, we watch what Edmonton's doing. We watch what um, the guys in uh, in Vancouver are doing. Um, give us a thumbnail. What do you see in the Pacific Division of the NHL? Yes. Uh, before that, uh, you, well, this goes along with that. The, the NH, uh, Vancouver uh, has kind of struggled the last few games. Now they've lost three games, including that <laughs> including that uh, big debacle uh, uh, the other night where they gave up uh, 10 goals, uh, seven goals in the third period against uh, the Minnesota Wild, which uh, is, is crazy. But, um, you know, M- M- Vancouver's been kind of a team that's that's been up there at the top. The, well, I don't know, not the whole year. Obviously, Vegas was up there, but Vancouver has been kind of, um, pretty pretty good all year. I mean, except this little skid right now. So it's kind of interesting. It'll be interesting to see if if this is the start of something to say, okay, maybe finally they're coming to earth. Uh, the the slippers coming off for 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 the Canucks, or if if this team is really going to be the the real deal when it comes into the into the playoff time, if uh, depending on you know where they finish, who they'll play. But um, you know they they're looking at maybe bringing on Phil Kessel. He's been Supposedly he's been skating with Abbotsford, or at least when they were in town. So, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, 
we wanted to, we touched on this real quickly, but we had another debut in the NHL Archdeep uh, Baines, Archdeep Baines, made his NHL debut with the Canucks on Tuesday when they played the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Um, he was called up last week, but didn't play. He was a healthy scratch for the home game, but uh, but he did get to play uh, the other night, and uh, he says I was almost in awe being out there. It was really special, um, you know that. So. And by the way, see. he's the AHL uh, MVP for the All Star. I, 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 I want <laughs> you should take credit because you talked to him during the All Star uh, game. He was the All MVP. He talked with you afterwards. And, oh yeah, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> and, and now he's, you know, he's got an NHL game yeah. under his belt. So <laughs> you t- you fully uh, take that one. But, uh, but yeah. no, I mean, but but <laughs> so that was exciting there. But for the yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Vegas has kind of struggled a little bit uh, at home the last few games. Uh, the last three games they've lost at home. Uh, as I mentioned, the news about Mark Stone, it sounds like he's going to be out a little bit now. So that's just kind of another thing that Vegas is going to have to to overcome, uh, losing your captain now. Probably, I would guess at this point, I mean, I, I don't, it doesn't sound like he's going to be back. Uh, when Kelly McCrimmon went on a podcast, he said, he, and, we'll, and we'll get an official update from Cassie today at morning's game. I'm going to go today. But uh, he said that, you know, when he says he's going to be out a while, uh, that doesn't sound too good. So it's, at this point in the season, I would guess it'd be unlikely you maybe see Mark Stone the rest of the regular season at least. So uh, they're going to have to fill that, but it sounds like they're going to get uh, – um, Steven, uh, I'm going to interrupt you right now because you know where this is going, right? <laughs> oh, I know. L-I-T-R <laughs> yeah. in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't get us in trouble here. I'm sorry. I don't want to get in trouble. Don't start the controversy there with the with the capsule convention stuff that that's gonna uh, be anyway, out there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but... no, that that's true though. He'll probably go on L. He may end up going on LTIR. He has a big. Uh, that'll be a nice. Gives him some extra space. And and, and if they weren't already looking uh, at some potential, uh, which I didn't, uh, which I wasn't sure how they were gonna do because of the the little cast space that they had. But uh, they might might need to now to look at uh, making some trades. Uh, at the deadline, so so we'll we'll see if they do that. Which which again could impact the, the Henderson because you know a lot of times you you send prospects and stuff in some of yeah. these deals. So we'll see how that plays out. But no, but they're close to getting. I supposedly they're close to getting Eichel back soon. Uh, well, Gary that fits in well. Soon. Then you get Eichel back and you play him with uh, Mason Morelli, and yeah, you're off and running. <laughs> yeah, you can afford to be without Mark Stone until the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, kidding. well, <laughs> I'm kidding. You don't want your captain gone very long. Uh, let me ask you this seriously about uh, what you see in Vegas, because this is what I see from afar. Um, they started off like gangbusters again. Um, and I, I this doesn't, it may come across sounding derogatory, but it's not. Um, they start off like gangbusters. They play great. And then it, it seems almost like in the middle of the season, they get a little bored. They want to just uh, get to the playoffs and, and get to when it counts. And um, when yeah. you got that much talent and now you're a Stanley Cup champion and you're the defending Stanley Cup champion, do you think that's a possibility that maybe they just get a little bored during the middle of the season? Uh, I, I, it, it could appear that way. I, I'm sure I'm sure they don't approach it that way, but it's, I think it's human nature a little bit. I mean, yeah, I mean, you had a, you had a very grueling and successful playoff run last year. This team – some of these players have been through a lot of long playoff runs in the history of this team, and and I think he, it, it I think it's more of a human nature than that. You kind of get to a January game in, and I don't know, in in January, you know, and maybe in Arizona or some other place, and it's like, 
you know, this this doesn't have the same feel as a game in April or May or June um, with so much on the line. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there's a little bit of that, even if they don't publicly admit that because, you know, you, or or ask that. Um, I'm sure it's a little bit of human nature to, to kind of um, – but it's also been kind of uh, – it's been kind of hard to gauge too, like what this – because the really – Last the last game was only the second game of the season where they had their full their top six defensemen in the lineup. I mean, with Theodore coming back, yeah. Uh, so that that that's part of it. The, the there's been a revolving door kind of with with the injuries on the forward side of things. So they the, the lineup that they would like to start um, or, or start in the in the playoff or start the uh, the playoffs or certainly in the Stanley Cup games if they were to get you know get to that. They haven't had I don't. I don't. I can't. Maybe more than five games, six games, where they've had everybody that they would like to have um, together. So it, it's kind of hard to kind of to kind of gauge that. But yeah, I mean, there's some of that where it's 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 a January, February. It's kind of the the dog days of the regular season. You you know, you kind of get to that that first. You know, they had such a busy schedule too. It's really kind of hard to to kind of have that. And then they've had then they had the break. For the All Star Game and their bye week, then they come back and their schedule has been kind of light. Then they have like a game, and then they didn't have a game for like four days and stuff. So they were playing like three games in like two weeks time. So it was kind of like a a little mini bye, I guess. So it's been kind of this, now that now the schedule's getting really busy again, and and maybe now they can turn it up a notch and realize, okay, we're we're in this position. Uh, Edmonton's on our heels. LA's on our heels. You know they're they're playing better. Edmonton's been playing playing. And obviously much better, and they're and they're right there on their heels, and and where do we want to end up positioning wise? And you know they're they're going to be in a playoff team, I would imagine, but obviously where they position could be important. So and matchup wise, so maybe now that they can turn up the notch and and realize, okay, now we really can turn it into another gear and and see see what happens. Uh, but you know it's going to be. be a- it's going to be an exciting stretch run, but again, I, I think the big point, and I know we're way over time again, uh, but the um, the big point I think is that once you win a Stanley Cup, and uh, you know what it takes, so yeah. to speak, to get through the playoffs, uh, I think it is right. I think you are right uh, when you say human nature to maybe not coast, but maybe um, conserve and build towards what it, what really means. I mean. Uh, does it, is it important to win overall? Is it important to, uh, you know, to win your division and, and that, but really is it? Because as long as you're in the playoffs, yeah. you don't, don't you have a, a good I mean, shot once you're in? Well, yeah. Perfect example of that. Of course, this year they're, they're one of the, t- the they're contending for the top spot in the whole league, but look at the Florida Panthers last year. They were the, basically mm-hmm. the, the last seed to get in, in the East, really the NHL and the lowest, I think basically the lowest team record wise, point wise, uh, yeah. to get into the playoffs and and look at them. They went all the way to the the Stanley Cup final. They they turned it on right at the right time. Then Bobrovsky got hot and and they were able to, to kind of get all the way to the final until until Vegas was able to, to take care of them. But but uh, they went through the East pr- pretty easily. So um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I think out of the the the, the, the different sports of the of the pro sports, I think home ice matters but i think it probably matters the the least i think you you, you want to get into the the dance so to speak and and if you can get your you know and it, yep. the health of your roster and and you can turn up the turn up a notch but i think for vegas's case 
because we have it if 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 they had their full roster and maybe you would see some parts where they're kind of struggling. You can kind of say, okay, well, maybe they're kind of saving. But because we haven't seen the full team really all season that, that they've that they had at the Stanley Cup final and and that they've had that that, that they would love to have the team that they feel they can win it again, um, it's kind of hard to kind of fully fully gauge if, what it would have been like if they would have had their full guys all year and 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 what the record would be. But but despite all that, they're still right there and and. and could they catch Vancouver? It's it's a ten point gap. It's it's unlikely, but Vancouver's kind of scuttling. Is, is this this kind of a start of a of a really big uh, losing skid for them? And and Vegas does have three games left with the Canucks, so it's possible. But you also got Edmonton, LA, right there. So it's it, again like last season. It's it's probably going to come down to the final day of the regular season of who's who's going to be positioned where, and uh, uh, and so that that might gear up a notch going into the playoffs because you. you you, you know you're in a position where you can you can still control maybe where where you do finish and whether you'll have home ice or whether you uh, but I think you're right I think if Vegas has their full team uh, it doesn't matter if they have to start on the road or if they you know if, or whatever. Well, I think and I know we got to go because yeah. uh, we're already five minutes over but um, let me throw this out real quickly I think where it does matter in home ice is in the Stanley Cup final. If yeah. you have home ice in the Stanley Cup final, that's a big thing because coaches can then match lines, and um, you can use that to, uh, to to win games and ultimately try to win those four. Yeah, no, I, I, oh, I, I think that that that's a good point. I think that does matter a little bit uh, uh, in the finals. So yeah. All right, I, take it away, my friend. Well, and and I we talked before the show what we were going to talk about, and we didn't get to. I want to mention these two things real quick because tonight the Golden Knights do play the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, and uh, that's a, which is going to be which is going to be great. But uh, it comes on the heels of Austin Matthews scoring his fiftieth and fifty first goal of the season, and he gets to do it in his home state of Arizona, which was uh, which was exciting for all the forty six hundred fans that were in attendance that night at Mullet Arena to to see us. Sorry, I had to go there. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, uh... good thing it'll probably get cut off because we're late, so I want that. You won't hurt you too bad. <laughs> so that was that was uh, so that's good, and so yeah, I mean he's the fastest to fifty uh, goals in twenty eight years, so uh, that's really cool, and uh, he's a he's a great uh, great player, and uh, hopefully um, maybe the Leafs. Finally, have some playoff success where he can actually be in a lot of meaningful, play, more meaningful playoff games. But uh, the other thing we didn't mention this, I, I, I hopefully we don't get cut off. But this back to the HL real quick. The Milwaukee Admirals have won 17 games in a row, uh, which is impressive. I mean, we looked at Edmonton had a 16 game winning streak in the NHL, which is which is really tough. AHL, it's it's still it's still quite a streak. I mean, the last time the team has won 17 a team has won 17 games in a row was the Condors in 1819. But the the all time streak is uh, is twenty eight teams by uh, by the Admirals. So I think uh, whether it's I think it's the same. Yeah, Milwaukee Ad- Admirals. Uh, um, so that that's uh, oh no Norfolk Admirals. It was a different Admirals. The Norfolk Admirals, as they were known then, um, when they had a team uh, twenty eight games. So they still got a ways to go to try to catch the all time uh, mark there. So um, those little two notes here. As I will go to this uh, from the. This has been the Pro Hockey West Report, brought to you by Jets Pizza. With over 400 locations in 21 states, find the location near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Become a Caesars Rewards member and get the most out of every stay at Caesars Resort. By Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. 
Desert Toyota in Tucson, Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, and Finley Toyota in Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Cater your next party or office lunch with the best of Las Vegas barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. T-Mobile. Get a new iPhone on us. Go to T-Mobile.com to find out how. FedEx, the official delivery company, IceTimeHockeyWest.com. The Pro Hockey West Report and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and is available at all of your favorite podcast platforms. Search ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows. Help others find us. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. We'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro. Ask everybody to tune in again next week when we'll have more from the American Hockey League Pacific Division. Good day, everybody.